And we're back for another episode of the NudgeCast. My name's Phil Bean. I'm the co-founder and president at Nudge, and I am also your host today. And finally, 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 we have another conversation with my esteemed partner and CEO of Nudge, Matt Gamble. Uh, We had a chance to catch up and talk about really why you should think about your population health and outreach and enrollment efforts like a marketer. Um, we kind of take a step back from our conversation last week, if you if you caught it, where I spoke with Dr. Steve Firemilk and Matt Essex and dove into kind of what you need to know about uh, the members you're serving in order to engage them more effectively. So more of a clinical perspective on how to be effective. This is more of a high level sort of managerial perspective or marketing perspective on um, how to structure an effective kind of enrollment and outreach process. Um, so we're going to be looking at things a little bit more like a, a marketing funnel, um, you know, narrowing down from your total population all the way to your engaged members. So um, hope you guys enjoy this conversation, and let's go ahead and get over to the interview with Mac. All right, we've snuck in. We've snuck into a tiny office somewhere in this random building that we're working in today. Sitting here with my business partner, co-founder, CEO of Nudge, Matt Gamble. Many of you may know him. <laughs> we were joking a minute ago. He's we we decided he set aside about six and a half minutes of his busy schedule to sit down and talk about some issues in population health management today. So, first of all, Mac, what's up? Good to hey. have some FaceTime. Glad to be back. It's, I think it's been a few episodes. I think you, you've had a lot of Matt and Steve recently. Just a few, yeah. Matt and Steve, Dan. Dan All kinds of people. I, I even talked to myself on a couple yeah. episodes. Um, it's like so everything's changed. I apologize to everybody for making them listen to me talk to myself like that. Try to keep, you know, some good interviews in between those. But today I think what I was hoping we could sit down and dive into a little bit is last time we talked to with Dr. Stephen Matt, we talked a little bit about population health management in terms of what organizations and professionals need to understand in order to more effectively engage the the individuals that they're working with through these processes, through these programs. And I wanted to stay on a similar vein, but maybe take a slightly different perspective on this and look at kind of how the organizations, the population health management organizations we're working with are kind of approaching these populations from a perspective of trying to do outreach and enroll them into the programs from more of a, a top-down perspective as in, hey, they just identify this large population and they hit play and they hope that it works basically. <laughs> and so we're gonna try to sort out what maybe would be a little bit more strategic approach in terms of kind of a marketing funnel, so more of a business Yeah, yeah. I think you and I, I think nationally look at things in, a, in more of a funnel lens. It's it's funny, we go through a lot of these implementations and I, I think we, we naturally kind of draw towards wanting to, to kind of visualize things in a funnel approach like you would in marketing. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's very applicable, it seems like, you know, very similar. You, you, it's very difficult to have a message that resonates with a broad group of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those things that as, you, as we start talking through that with some of our partners, I think they're starting to, to really kind of see this and kind of and really understand and kind of take to it. But yeah, so I think where, where Steve and Matt may have come at things from a little bit more of a, a clinical perspective, yeah. you and I probably can take a step back and start looking at this kind of funnel optimization view and thinking about things as, hey, you have this big group of people. Um, maybe we don't just blindly reach out to as many people as we can. Maybe there's a little bit more of a, a, a layered approach. Maybe we can start looking at conversion rates. Heaven forbid we can even optimize conversion rates. <laughs> the like six C-level people and uh, like 
kind of management level people that listen to this episode <laughs> are like, oh my God, they're talking my language. <laughs> I, oh, I think this is, this is relevant for everyone because I think ultimately too, even if you were someone in a small business, you know, in, unless you, you are in a setting where every single person is that, that you are, is in your target market is ultimately, you know, walking your door and giving you a credit card or paying you. Most initiatives we work on at this point seem to be much broader where some people are, you know, we're, we're, you know, maybe someone's been identified through an analytics system or whatnot. We're, we've kind of identified those who are high risk or with a condition. Like I said, this is still relevant for, for other organizations that maybe have people opting into specific programs. But ultimately, you know, we're talking about some pretty big gaps between, hey, here's our here's our total population. These are the ones that maybe have a specific condition, and then, hey, here's our programming over here. There's actually multiple kind of stepping stones to go from one side to the next that sometimes I think organizations try to fast track or try mm -hmm. to skip. Yeah. And then what happens is a lot of kind of misplaced resources, a lot of frustration. And I know we were talking to one of our partners this morning who we were kind of going through some of the things we had been putting together for them in terms of the funnel optimization. And I know they were, I could tell they were kind of really appreciative and kind of been in a little bit maybe in shock of the way we kind of look at things. <laughs> but it makes a huge difference. I mean, you're talking about totally kind of flipping everything on its head the way it's generally been viewed. That's right. And a couple of you, I hope, are thinking, oh my God, I didn't know you guys did that. Um, yeah, we actually do do that with some of our customers, a little bit of funnel optimization yeah, is yeah. really happening. Um, refining some outreach strategies, some enrollment strategies. So let's take an example. So let's start from here, I guess. What are a couple of the types of organizations mm -hmm. that are running maybe a population health management yeah. initiative that we're working with? Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. I think we see it's very broad. I mean, you see a lot of your organizations who are, you know, playing the chronic care management space. You're seeing um, that could range from, you know, health systems to third-party administrators to all kinds of different groups. But mm -hmm. ultimately, I think whenever you have, you have a, more of an outbound type program where you're saying, hey, here's a population, we have a program, we need to be the ones to introduce people to this program and get them enrolled. That's usually where there's some really interesting hurdles that, that you're going to encounter, as, yep. as you know, as you I can yep. see you're smiling right now, too, knowing <laughs> that, like, oh, geez, a handful of hurdles. Yeah, but. yeah. There's nothing worse to a, a marketer, probably, than this just pile of cold leads, and they're not even leads, yeah. really, but just this cold audience that you have to somehow yeah. warm up, you know, well, the, that's a challenge. The theme is, you have to think like a marketer, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was, you were in the uh, conversation we were having earlier with that group where I mentioned that, that stat, I know you know it, too, where... It's about 98% of site traffic that, that hit your website are not ready to make a purchase mm -hmm. right now. So it's you ha you have to take that into account when you start thinking about programming and introducing your programming because you're kind of marketing it and selling it to, to this population that almost 100% of people probably aren't ready for your program. Yeah. yeah. And that's usually a really shocking stat to people. They just assume, hey, look, we've got this great program. We're just going to call people. It's going to be great. <laughs> Voila. And cold outreach. Cold <laughs> outreach, yeah. And you, know, you see it with, you know, it's amazing because you look at kind of what's going on in outbound sales right now and you see a lot of innovative new kind of even AI-based technologies helping outbound sales team optimize that process. And I think what you're seeing is, is maybe not quite the innovation occurring in um, this portion of kind of population health. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just yeah, niche, I should say. I mean... Sometimes one could argue that it seems like it's across healthcare. That yeah, there you go. I'm kind of uh, echoing Dan Hemke, who we had on 
I guess two episodes recently always kind of hits on this. Yeah, like, yeah. healthcare's a little bit behind. A little bit, little bit. <laughs> but it's, it's, I think when you're looking at it, like I said, there's multiple hurdles. And so you can kind of view this as a funnel. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, let's keep the numbers really simple. And this is, I think, you know, the show notes will probably touch on the one of our recent blog posts around this, we can outline it. But ultimately, you know, if you want to start with, say, you have a large population, maybe it's 100,000, um, or maybe it's a million, you know, you, you pick the big round number you want to use. But ultimately, from what we've seen in terms of readiness, in terms, if you're not familiar with the transgenical model and stages of change, some, some research has come out that basically shows that about half of those people probably are not in a stage where they are ready for any type of programming. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not to say that maybe the, the right messaging couldn't be at that tipping point, yeah. but ultimately, you know, of that 100,000, we can pretty much right away cut half of those people out for and kind of maybe down the road, you want to maybe introduce them to some kind of nurturing campaign to kind of like you would in the marketing side. Like yeah. I said, it all comes back to the things you do in marketing. Yeah. But what you see very quickly as you start kind of going through this funnel is we can be very quickly narrowing and narrowing and narrowing to the point we can actually be very targeted. So rather than think we need, we need to just blindly reach out to, you know, the hundred thousand who may be total population or those with, with a condition, we actually can narrow it to a point where we can dedicate resources in a much more tactful way. So mm-hmm. we're not just blindly spending a lot of time and effort and money trying to, to engage everyone because not everyone wants to be engaged. Right. And think about from, you know, a business perspective, if you are running an organization that is managing um, one of these populations, say, all right, we've signed up a giant employer. We've got a hundred thousand lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a strategy for a hundred thousand lives we're just going to blindly reach out. You're going to waste a boatload of resources on that yeah. process, right? Um, you're probably going to try things like crazy incentives to get people to just opt in in general to something. And they're just opting in for that incentive and for nothing else They're, You know, that's what incentives do a lot of times if they're not set up correctly, which is very, very hard to set yeah. up an incentive in a way that's going to be long lasting. And we've seen it actually wreaking havoc in some of these programs where incentives can be great and let you know we'll tiptoe around this a little bit can be great items to include to open the door get yes. foot in the door kind of approach but what we sometimes see is it can wreck the data when you have all these coaching resources and coaching teams and care management teams thinking they have all these kind of warm leads so to speak coming in for these programs and realizing very quickly hey i can't get any of these people on a second call yeah and they're on that person's call list until basically they engage which could be never so think about call after call after call yeah. just fail 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 that adds up as as you know yeah. important resources that could be dedicated to someone who's actually ready to take action yeah. so you know you start with your hundred thousand analytics is a layer of this too so you get down to your fifty-five thousand. maybe you find out they're the yeah. ones who are who maybe have a chronic condition in a ccm case then we get down to kind of smaller numbers through our outreach process who might be ready to yeah. engage with those. And that's, that's more of a kind of maybe familiar marketing process, right? If you send out emails, for example, to a population of people, you know, you're not going to get everybody to open that email. Right, right, so you understand right. that through that yeah. process, these numbers get whittled down. But the idea here is if we can create more layers of a funnel and be more tactical, then we can understand at each step, okay, we know this about yeah. this person. So we can speak directly in our next piece to that person's needs. And I think another big thing too is that we see a lot of organizations that maybe go at things from saying, hey, we have 100,000 sick people or those Mm -hmm. with a condition and this is how many we engaged. Right. Which 
that stat never looks impressive for mm-hmm. one. I mean, that's usually the stat that most people are just kind of comparing themselves to. And it's like, you know, we, we engage 10% of, of that, which like I said, they're not thinking about the different layers that come into this when yeah. they should be thinking about, okay, well, of that population, like, you know, as we kind of will down, you know, which, who are the ones that are actually ready for a program like this? <clears throat> Can we make sure we're reaching out to, to those people? We're driving those people to phone calls and then we're getting those people into the proper programming. So if by adding more layers, we're actually getting better data in comparison to the, the layer before it, rather than making this gross jump in terms of from one, you know, a three, basically a three layer funnel to a six layer funnel is kind of what we're thinking. That's right. And this kind of reflects a lot of the, in the last episode, my conversation with uh, Dr. Stephen Matt, we talked about a lot of the pitfalls of basically this outreach mm-hmm. enrollment process. And I think, a lot of them are going to be applicable as we go through this. And you can kind of directly, I think, tie them to kind of steps in this kind of funnel that we're proposing where, you know, Matt mentioned assuming everyone is ready to engage in the program. That is the most obvious one that we've already just beat to death right there. Assuming that everyone is ready is obviously a mistake. We get that. Assuming that knowledge is the only reason that people aren't engaging is a mistake. Right. Um, but sometimes knowledge is a reason that people yeah, aren't engaging. Yeah. So, you know, it's having the correct steps in place at each stage so that you can, for example, sometimes someone just needs to make the connection, not just the high level knowledge that this condition could be bad for me. It's making the connection that I have this thing that's really important to me. I want to sing for the rest yeah, of my yeah. life. And if I don't pay attention to this condition, the COPD or whatever yeah. I'm working my way towards, I can't continue to do what I love doing. It's, it's make, helping make connections more than just saying, Hey, I need to teach you about condition. A. Yeah. You know? is, do we think part of the issue is kind of bad scripting and, and kind of putting people through one, it almost seems like it, yeah. it's kind of back to the idea of marketing and kind of contextualization is, they're putting everyone through kind of generic scripting. And I know we, we've heard some horror stories about some organizations who will, will, will call the same person every few weeks with the exact same script and are, are surprised <laughs> when that person doesn't want to engage in a program, which I think, isn't that the definition of insanity? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Doing the same thing over and over again, yeah, expecting a re- different yeah. result. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that you don't have to, like, be incredibly empathetic to put yourself in that person's shoes. I'm sure all of you have cussed once about a <laughs> robo dialed call yeah, that yeah, you got. Yeah. That was the same damn thing you got the week before. Right. So. <laughs> but this all, I think this all comes back to the engagement focused outreach, which I know you all probably touched on last time, which is, mm-hmm. you know, can we look at things, can we look at a population through kind of multiple personas and, and kind mm-hmm. of use that to make sure we're speaking to people in a much more kind of appropriate fashion. Still, be, you know, we're certainly wanting to make sure we're, we're being empathetic, but making sure our messaging is because you're going to talk to these different personas differently. You know, if you think yeah. about stages of change, you're going to talk to one of those stages differently than you would another. And I know Steve probably touched on that significantly, but it's, that goes back to the idea of bad scripting is, mm-hmm. is if we're just going to use the same script to engage this whole hundred thousand people, knowing that these are all different personas right away, this script is maybe even going to turn off a specific persona. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the ideas that we introduce and kind of, on a lot and we actually you know went through it with one of our customers yeah. earlier today one of our partners is basically the idea of introducing kind of a gateway to at least begin to qualify people within this process where 
you know, we have the tendency to basically say people either enroll or they don't. Mm -hmm. What we can do though is create some clever ways to basically let someone self-identify as ready yeah. or self-identify as not ready. And then you start yeah. to learn something about them. And like you're saying about the scripting, that lets you begin to script for that individual a little bit. Any marketer would tell you, if I have no context, then I have no way to actually speak to this right. person individually. Right. But if I have a little bit of context, that can mm -hmm. go a long way. So if I know, hey, they're really ready to participate, maybe my call to action to them on the next page is, let's schedule a call, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go ahead and have this conversation. Whereas if they're gonna self-identify as not that ready, mm -hmm. or maybe very hesitant at the yeah. very least, we can throw a step in there that's like, hey, take this little readiness quiz and let's see if we're ready for this. Or hey, let's just see if you'd wanna receive a few emails mm -hmm. from us about some information about this condition you have and see if you wanna self-manage it. And this gives them the opportunity to be nurtured over time yeah. and make that and most connection. most people need nurturing, as yeah. we mentioned. Yeah. Very few people that, that are called are right out of the gate saying, you know what, yes, let's, let's do this. <laughs> you know, it's just not, it's not something you see, and it's because of all, all the data we've kind of touched on, is that, hey, look, majority of people aren't in the appropriate stage, mm -hmm. need nurturing. And so I think it's always interesting to think about kind of Think like a marketer, which maybe even could be the theme of, of this episode potentially is yeah. kind of the idea that most people need nurturing and we need to make sure we're, we're helping drive them to that aha moment themselves where they see, okay, well, that maybe this is the tipping point that we need to get this person into the program. Mm -hmm. And that's just a, there it is. That's a business perspective mm -hmm. on readiness. That person intrinsically realized yeah. that they're ready to go. They made that choice and there you go. They're right. much more likely to actually stick yeah. than someone who's kind of tricked into the next right, phase. Right, 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 right. You know, so I think the moral of this story is the goal is not to enroll everybody. Right. The goal is to enroll the right people. Otherwise, A, you're going to waste a ton of resources on coaching people that aren't ready to be coached or managing people who aren't ready to be managed or engaged. And B, you're just going to know nothing about yeah. these people through the program. We haven't talked talk too much about kind of lower in the funnel, but we talked yeah. a little bit about kind of misplaced resources, but think if you do get everyone into the program, yeah. think about the coaching resources or, or nurses or whoever you're hiring, the the act of all of these kind of almost false positive signups you're getting into a program, yeah. and then you overseeing the initiative starts saying, you know what, we need to keep hiring people. That is fascinating. That, yeah. So I love that you called it a false positive because that makes yeah. this kind of like a diagnosis. You're diagnosing they're ready to be engaged. Yeah. So if you think about it that way, you sure as hell don't want yeah. a lot of false positives. Right. Because you know? if you then go, you know, you get them on the first call and yeah. I'm, I'm, I see this all the time is people are willing to get on the first call and they're willing to schedule. Oh, you get them on the first call and they're not willing to. They just have to pick up the phone. Yeah. And then they're willing to kind of, you know, tell you what, when it can be a time to, yeah. to catch yeah. up. Sure, I'll answer sure. the phone Three next time. Next week. <laughs> well, they're just trying to get you off the phone. And yeah. so if you are using that as kind of your signal for success and then looking to say, okay, well, shoot, look at all these people coming in. We're doing all these great first calls. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, look, we got to be hiring all yeah. these people. Management starts hiring. Yeah. Costs go it, up. It starts becoming, we see a lot of initiatives like this long companies fall into this where you start, you finally take a step back and like, wow, this is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're, and we haven't even talked about some of the other pitfalls and issues of this is your team's probably frustrated. Mm -hmm. um, so not only frustration, you misplaced resources, there's just a lot of, of neg negatives that kind of come out of this where it's just, 
if we can go up the that uh, go up the funnel a little bit and start putting in some layers of kind of qualification and nurturing, we, we can actually maybe avoid having to bring on too many resources, make sure we're, we're engaging those that are ready. And probably those we can actually move the needle with, because that's the other thing too, is no one wants to be, you know, feeling like they're banging their head against the wall trying to engage someone who just it isn't ready. You know, yeah. they're not going to do it and they can't make that impact. Yeah. That's not going to be a fun job. No, 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 no one wants to do that. Yeah. And I guess that there are several assumptions, sort of false assumptions that we can identify. One of which being kind of, we sort of alluded to this, but this is the one we haven't hit on very much uh, from the last episode is the idea that you can kind of create a perfect program and have a little bit too much hubris with your programming and say, Hey, we spent all this time and effort developing this great program. That's going to be the answer. Yeah. yeah. You know, but again, going back to everyone's going to be different. You have to make sure they're ready to engage. One size doesn't fit all. You know, we can't make those assumptions. Put some filters in, you know, it's, you know, put some, put some additional layers that allow for better qualification and get to the point where also, like I said, we're going to have better data to work from. We can optimize and then actually make improvements. I think it gets really difficult if you have a only a two-step funnel or three-step funnel where you don't really know enough to, to make any changes to, to optimize it at that point. You're kind of just guessing. Exactly, exactly. If every, if like the whole leap is one giant leap, then you don't know what little step of the process yeah. fell through. Yeah. So, you know, that's another reason, uh, like you said, to have additional steps in your funnel so that you know if, you know, Maybe our outreach, the way we're scripting it is the problem. Yeah. Maybe after the outreach, you know, the way we're introducing the one-on-one conversation is the problem. Yeah. Maybe the way we're engaging people after they sign up is the problem. These are all steps where you could, if you're breaking up your funnel and, and taking the time to qualify people and adding these additional steps, you can really, from a high level, figure out what the problem is, kind of identify mm-hmm. the symptom and go yeah. address it. And that's how you really optimize workflow. Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did. We finally locked ourselves in a room and got this done. That was my man, Matt Gamble, co-founder, CEO of Nudge. <laughs> he will probably be on again someday. I will be on <laughs> one day. No, we will, we will certainly, more episodes, more episodes. All right, guys, thanks for checking this out. If you enjoyed this episode of the Nudge Cast, go subscribe on whatever podcast app you like. I give you that permission. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, it helps a lot if you give us a five-star review or maybe write about Mm -hmm. it. Include the link to the blog post in the the notes. I will include that in the show notes. If you pop over to our website and just type in nudgecoach.com slash blog, that'll take you to basically everything we've written about lately. We alluded to a post that Mac wrote very recently yeah. and published uh, last week. Probably. Visualizes the funnel if anyone was trying yeah. to actually yeah. You'll get to see what that looks like. Get to see what we were talking about in, in images. Yeah. Yeah. Which is useful. So thanks again for checking us out and we'll talk to you again next time. Bye.